The Film and TV Show is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or follow Britpod Scene on Twitter to find out more. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. And any man that doesn't want to cooperate... I'll make him wish he hadn't been born. Levy, if you get crossways of me and you'll think a thousand of brick have fell on you. Well, here's my word. Get the hell off my spread. Now. Why, well, you're gonna pull those pistols and whistle Dixie. Good evening and welcome to the Film and TV Show with me, Richard S., and joined by Alex as well. Of course. Of course. We were just saying as that was playing, it took me ages to find that theme mm. bit at the end. I just It took me fucking ages to find it. I just I was like, I said to my dad, Dad, what is that? And he was like, it's from a Clint Eastwood film. I was like, oh, okay. He was like, yeah, just Google it. So mm. I did find it, so eventually... Um, yeah, so uh, so if you didn't really notice, we are talking westerns today. Um, yep. Obviously, there are your different types of westerns. We've got the old school classic westerns with uh, John Wayne, yeah, um, which we will talk about, and then you've got the more recent westerns because they're kind of making a comeback. They're trying is, to, you know. They're, I mean, there's probably the wrong kind of directors bringing them back. <coughs> Quentin Tarantino. <coughs> um, <I> mean... <laughs> You always hate Quentin Tarantino. No, I hate no on him so happens, hard. I don't know why I hate, hate on him, him so hard, but I just I, I think he's overrated. I think he was great up until like Jackie Brown, and then it kind of like went to shit. See, I um, what was it? I recently sat through the Hateful Eight, uh, which was a tough, tough go. Like, yeah, I found that movie like really. It's really boring for a yeah. western. It is really boring. And then I went on YouTube and found it backwards. Okay, uh, I found the Hateful Eight backwards, and it was way more entertaining. Yeah, I can imagine because you start with the end scene of them like, uh, you know, well, spoiler alert, hanging the hanging the evil woman. Yeah, yeah, and then it sort of then it's basically like literally just played backwards and it's more of a mystery played backwards uh, and more entertaining to find out like how characters wound up where they were and like how each of them died and things and yeah. how much of like Samuel L. Jackson's character hated the uh, the white guy's character as well Yeah, uh, and it was more entertaining that way than it was watching it as a normal movie it, yeah, I mean, when I first watched uh, Hateful Eight, I just kind of sat there and I was like, wow. Yeah, there's a is, lot of like... This is ugh. hard going because it's, it's really dialogue heavy, like really heavy. Other than the out, like the outrageous moments of silly, stupid blood spurts, I wouldn't have guessed it was a Quentin Tarantino. No, it was, it's, 
I don't understand because when you go back and and we will compare yeah shortly, but when you go back, it's nothing like they used to be, and that's and, and that's really sad. I mean, the only one I can I, I can think that was even relatively close to it was when you know in comparison, Unforgiven was probably the last original. I've got an uh, I've got a um, an out of the ballpark uh, western for you as well. I don't know whether I should reveal it now or a bit later. No, we'll do it later on. We'll later, do it later on. Yeah. yeah, we'll do it later. But um, but yeah, it, it it was the hateful eight is a really heavy. It's a real terrible example of a, of a western film. Mm. And we've all seen western films. You know, you go around your grandparents, black and white film on TV. Guarantee you, ninety nine percent of the time, it's a western. Guarantee. Yep. And I will guarantee that of that ninety nine percent, ninety percent is going to star John Wayne. Yeah, because the guy was just—he was a living cowboy. He was a living cowboy, whose first name was Marion. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, because uh, most people, most most people don't realise. Most people do realise, but but John Wayne was um, actually christened Marion. <laughs> so, um, but he was he was like the poster child for um, for westerns, really, yep. wasn't he? I mean, along with Clint, I'd say. Yeah, but Clint only... Mm, he did yeah, a fair few. He did a fair few. But not as many as John Wayne. No, I mean, John Wayne did something in excess of, what, 200, 300 westerns? That probably sounds about right. It's about it's something like that. I mean, they're not even done. I mean, he, just to give you an idea, he did the original True Grit, El Dorado, Rio Bravo. No, just going the through The Cowboys. Them. They're all just sound western, like they're westerns yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. So it's, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he was born, <clears> right... <throat> Marion Mitchell Morrison. Fuck, that's a mouthful. Triple M. It is, right? Um, but he was known as uh, John as John Wayne. Wayne, and his nickname was... Cowboy? The Duke. Okay. That was <laughs> his nickname. Um, oh, God. He's won so many Academy Awards, most notably for True Grit, which mm. is is a masterpiece. The original True Grit with John Wayne is an absolute masterpiece. Yeah. The, the remake doesn't do it any justice which as as you well know if you listen to this show and our podcasts all too often you will realize that mm. that remakes are not our friends no not always we we, we don't uh, we don't favor most of them um, i mean i think it's just generally one of those things with me that i've always stood by the saying that why are you re- why are they remaking good films yeah like remake the crap ones but why why touch the Jurassic Parks, why touch Star Wars, really? Because that's essentially what these newer films are. Yeah. I mean, I know they're supposedly sequels, but they're just soft reboots. They're soft remakes. It's not having the balls enough to make or to actually call it what it is. No, exactly. And it it, it is just... Uh, it, it is annoying. Um, mm. Probably not so much more so for Westerns, because Westerns, they kind of slip under the radar a little bit. And, you know, I mean, most people know who John Wayne is. Most people know the amount of films he's been in. But has anyone actually, can anyone actually tell me what, what he looked like? Because What, I mean, John Wayne? I mean, I know. I've seen, yeah. you know, I've got, like, my granddad gave, before he passed, he gave me all of his John Wayne DVDs. He had, like, mm. 300 of them. I'd say, like, generic, average, you know, middle-aged man really that's his stock picture on wiki right he looks a bit like Cary Grant to me okay and again people are probably thinking who the fucking hell is Cary Grant he's another really old actor 
Um, I mean, John Wayne was born in 1907. Okay. Just to give you a rough idea, he died yeah. age 72. He died in 1979. Um, but yeah, he literally. I mean, he was six foot four. But when mm. you when you look at the, some of the video, some of the films that he's in, most of them are black and white, which makes them all the more cowboy. I think the old school westerns they always look better in black and white. Well, I think it's just because they've got a, the black and white cowboy films from back in those days just were better in general. Not so much that it was the black and white aspect, but it was just the fact that they tried a bit harder um, because there are there are um, <laughs> a number of recent cowboy movies that have they've done different things they've tried different things and i haven't really so much noticed that because of the color has improved them like you say like uh but at the same time i don't think it's detracted that they've been in color either no so uh, i think black and white could be used uh i think it would be a really interesting take to do a modern black and white cowboy film um, especially with like the HD cameras and the four uh, the four K tellies and everything, I think it would be pretty yeah. interesting because you get so much more definition and uh, detail. Um, but I certainly don't think it's necessary to say that black and white adds to the western or takes see, away. See, no, I I do. I think I mean more of the older. I I would mm. like to see a modern western in black and white. I mean, I, you I don't could probably know. Just, just edit some of the most recent ones and turn it to grayscale. You can, but I, I don't know. I would like to see. Um, I, I mean, the, I'd like to see the Magnificent Seven remake in black and white. Mm. I would love to see that because I think. I mean, they did it with Logan for God's sake. Yep. So why can't they do it to a, a western to kind of give it that real western feel? For me, growing up um, with uh, with my older granddad was. It was always westerns. It was always westerns on TV. They were always black and white. It was or very still rarely on TV, like middle of the day TV. Oh yeah. Oh god. I mean, I get home from work and my dad's my dad's got westerns on, <laughs> or he's got um, a Calamity Jane film, or he's watching um, Minder, or he's watching Dad's Army, or he's watching all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, so it, it's always been black and white. And I always found that when I did see a couple of John Wayne color films, I didn't get that that feel about them as much as I did the black and white ones I didn't I didn't buy into them as westerns more mm. because they were in colour I, I preferred the black and white I mean that might just be me I don't know I, I, don't, I just prefer mm. black and white westerns I think it to See, me it adds more it adds more character to the film being in mm. black and white because it's monocolour you, you, you don't you don't know what they're what the colour of the clothes are. I mean, you can tell roughly by looking at the shades and stuff, give you a rough idea, but it just adds to the charm, I think. See, I, although I'm not that much younger than you, uh, I feel like I was brought up on the sort of the colour Clint Eastwoods um, rather than like the older generation black and white uh, John Waynes. Yeah. Um, so when I do think of like, even with the coloured ones, uh, it's just generally more of the uh earthier tones yeah and that does suggest a lot to me that that reminds me of childhood like the uh even <laughs> even back to the uh, future part three like there's yes. always that sort of 
browns, yellows, oranges, that sort yeah. of colour tone. And that, to me, really sort of emphasises westerns to me. Yeah, I mean, and I don't disagree with you there. Mm. Um, I, I think the older style ones, they didn't, they kind of turned the contrast up, I think, on the on, on mm. the monochrome sort of colours that they had, the very earthy colours, like you say. Whereas the remake of Magnificent Seven... It's actually quite bright. It's quite colourful. There's yeah. quite a lot of vivid colours in it, and it, it doesn't ring as a western properly. But we'll mm, we'll, we'll, we'll come yeah. back to that. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll come back to that. Um, here's a nice fun fact for you. When Amer- when World War Two was on, and America come and saved the whole world. <clears throat> Sorry, yeah. Just um, got a nasty cough there. A nasty cough there. Anyway, yeah. yeah as uh, uh, when when America saved us all. Yeah, when America saved the entire world. Um, John Wayne was exempted from being eligible to join the war. He was 34 at the time, and he was classified as 3A on his family status as family deferment. Although Henry Fonda, who was two years younger, did three years. Mm. And and it turns out that the studios didn't want to lose their A-list star to war. I mean, it would have brought a whole sort of industry down, like if all of the actors had gone yeah but they but they was all you know if they were eligible they had to go to war that was yeah. kind of what it was what it was like i mean i just i, I just found that really odd i mean you mm-hmm. know he and he did actually fight to enlist he huh. he actually fought to enlist in but the studios would never let him would never let him do it they they always kiboshed it and stopped him from going because they didn't want to lose their a-list star which um you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, is uh, a bit shit. Mm. Basically, they shouldn't really have done that. But yeah, he was uh, he was the only A list actor that was under contract and uh, was forcibly told not to go to war. Hmm. I have a, another fact, uh, well, another hopefully fun fact go on, for you about Magnificent Seven. Um, it is the the newest one that was out with Denzel Washington and Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt and whoever else. Uh, I think even Vincent D'Onofrio is in it. Um, that was that is obviously a remake, um, but the original black and white Magnificent Seven is in fact a remake of a Japanese film. Is it really? Yeah, it's a, a Japanese samurai film. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's completely. Um, <laughs> It's a it's a remake of a remake. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's along the si- uh, along the lines of apparently it was a uh, seven samurai uh, that were titled the Magnificent Seven. They go and defend this town from uh, another uh, shogun or something. Uh, I didn't really pay too much attention to that side of it, but I did did read about that and thought it was interesting. That's actually pretty cool. Mm. To be fair, that's actually pretty cool. I never realised that that was actually. A um, a remake of a remake. Mm. I just thought that the Magnificent Seven was just the film, just on its own. I never actually realised that that was that was it. Yeah. But wow. Well, there you go. That's nice. Two little tidbits there. Yeah. Two little tidbits. Two little facts. Um. So yeah. So going back to to Mister Mister Western John Wayne, he won he won two Oscars, uh, for All the King's Men and for True Grit. Nice, which is good. So yeah, he did. Um, he should have won more, to be honest. But he's 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 number one in the Hall of Fame Great Western. Yeah, 
uh, great Western actors. So understandable. And well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you only have to Google John Wayne to see pictures of him. Uh, there's a picture that I've got here of him in a in a, a cowboy's outfit, red shirt, bright bright red shirt, mm. um, black tie with the uh, black vest on, cowboy hat, sheriff's badge. That pretty much typifies. Was he the Marlboro Man? No, but he looks. He looks, he very looks similar like the Marlboro Man. You know, Marlboro Cowboy. Yeah, but you know he's got the neckerchief and everything. Very much a staple of a John Wayne film. So, mm. yeah, you know he's he has done he has done so much, and I think probably gets a raw deal from the younger generations because they don't really invest their time in it because it's no, it's all cheesy. It's all cheesy dialogue. It's all you know fake guns and and all this that and the other. But you, it's like watching WWE. Yeah. You know, the, the fights are choreographed like WWE. They're nothing like they used to be, nothing like they are now, sorry. Because um, now they're just all completely, well, most of them, are, they are choreographed, but they're a lot better. But that, that's part of the charm in it, from the old school films. Just Yeah, like, there's there are so many uh, westerns in my mind, or things based off of westerns, or have just the western theme. Uh, and I feel that Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to bring a lot more sort of uh, fan focus to yeah. the Westerns. I wouldn't be surprised if Hollywood is now going to be considering seriously putting some money behind a decent Western concept. As long as they don't put one. Quentin Tarantino behind it, then I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but like, I can definitely see that we might have a small resurgence due to just the general popularity of uh, the game. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. I, I can't imagine why, why they wouldn't be. You mm. know, I. I think that I think it's very hard done by Western films, to be honest with you. Um, I'm not quite sure why. I'm not quite sure why there isn't more of them, to be perfectly honest. But I'd I've, like. I'd like to see more. I'd like to see, like I said, like I said earlier on, I'd like to see some that were, black and white. But mm. you know, that's just me. I'd just like to see a few more. Yeah, so um, I do. Before we before we play a little song by the Duke himself, um, a couple of his, a couple of them. Rio Bravo, two hours twenty one minutes. Cracky, that's Rio, a... nineteen fifty nine. Uh, True Grit, two hours twelve minutes. Nineteen sixty nine. <clears throat> El Dorado, two hours six minutes. Nineteen sixty six. Cracky, those are long movies. Um, the Undefeated. Two hours, 1969. Rio Grande, 1950. One hour, 45 minutes. Um, where is it? Where's the other one? The Sons of Katie Elder. Two hours, two minutes, 1965. And The Alamo, three hours, 22 minutes, 1960. You see, that could be a painful sit-through. <laughs> it could be, but they are all absolute classics. Absolute classics. They mm. are amazing films for what they are. If you go into them with an open mind and you watch them and, and you kind of take them as they are mm. they are great films um, my particular favourite out of all of those is not not saying True Grit is is El Dorado um, love El Dorado I've seen it I don't know countless yeah I mean I've lost count every time I went around to see mm. my granddad it, it, it was El Dorado or Rio Grande that we're on um, I prefer El Dorado and uh, and to that extent, you can enjoy the dulcet tones of the Duke. 
sunshine and shadow from darkness till noon over mountains that reach from the sky to the moon a man with a dream that will never let go keep searching to find El Dorado so ride only ride The Duke with El Dorado, um, quite a staple, I think, of most of the older westerns, where the lead singer would pretty much sing the theme tune. Uh, not so much write the theme tune, but sing the <laughs> theme tune. Um, yeah. So, uh, so moving on then to another huge star in western films, and probably, arguably, star of some of the the best westerns mm. um, of, I want to say modern era, but it's a kind of crossover from. From John Wayne into to kind of taking over the mantle as such um, is Mr. Clint Eastwood, which everybody knows Clint Eastwood um, because he was played by um, Marty McFly in uh, Back to the Future Three. <laughs> um, <laughs> slightly wrong there. Yes, uh, but... I know, I know. But Clint Eastwood, obviously, a fantastic actor, and has done arguably some of the best Western films. Yeah. Of modern era, so you've got the good, the bad, and the ugly, which is what the theme tune was at the beginning of the show. Fistful uh, of dollars. Yeah, fistful of dollars. A uh, few dollars more. Oh, uh, sorry, for a few. Yeah, for more. a few dollars more. Hang 'em high. Um, Joe Kid. Once upon a time in the West. Pale Rider. Absolutely amazing, and also Unforgiven. Yep. Amazing, but I, what I want to talk about is the good, the bad, and the ugly. First of all, because. That film is four hours long. Yeah, it is pretty long. Four hours. It is just a, an, an epic film. And it's it's probably Clint Eastwood at his most Dirty Harry-esque, but in a Western. Yeah, Clint Eastwood has always been one of those actors that um, he 
he just has that sort of well not a one note character but he plays all of his characters in a very similar way yeah which I mean, is the grizzled tooth yeah badass well you could take you could take his character joe from um the good the bad and the ugly yeah and you would instantly think it's the same guy from gran torino yep pretty yeah, much like yeah it's it's the same <laughs> he's the original I, I would say he's like the uh the original liam neeson-esque yeah. character like you know old grizzled you know can growl and uh yeah. very dangerous D- yeah. don't mess with him no but i mean the good the bad and bad and the ugly is probably one of my favorite mm. western films yeah um with a fistful of dollar uh, an El Dorado, not far behind. Mm. Um, I, I I just love the fact. I mean, yes, it is a slog at four hours, but it doesn't seem like four hours because it's always got something going on. It's yeah. it's a very actiony film. There's always there's always action. It's not it's not dialogue heavy. It's quite it's light on the dialogue, heavy on the um, shooting and. Uh, scowls and brooding mm. um, Gerard Butler could probably do a shift in the good the bad and the ugly to be honest because all he does is fucking brood um, yeah but yeah you know he he, he basically he he, uh, he just goes after um, a uh, a Mexican outlaw they, yeah. but they form an uneasy partnership so that they can go and get this money back mm. basically Um it is it is a brilliant film. It is probably one of the most interesting films to mm. watch. And not interesting as in inverted commas interesting. I mean interesting as in watching because it's from 66. Yeah, so, it's one of the older, like I would honestly say it's probably one of the first uh, couple of colour uh, westerns that I remember um, because I know John Wayne had a few in his late sort of career that were beginning yeah early 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 60s yeah but like i really do feel like john wayne is the poster boy for the black and white cowboy movies and then clint eastwood sort of takes over from the very early colors uh color pictures yeah because he did because a fistful of dollars is 64 Mm. and that's the very first one of his films um western films anyway that's that's color um you've got the first traveling which is colour, mm. but it's not really westerny westerny. Mm. It's it's kind of your um, your light-hearted westerny. It's not a proper hardcore, so it's not really classed. And that was fifty six, and that that had colour, but really really shoddy looking colour. Yeah. Um, Fistful of Dollars was the first one, and that was where he really kind of shone in a Fistful of Dollars, and and it is a great film. It's not. Um, Again, it's not your atypical film. It's very much. It depends if you've seen Dirty Harry. A lot of people, mm. a lot of people will know. Well, Dirty Harry came a lot later. He did, <laughs> but it was kind of like the the Western version. It's like he was prepping himself to become Dirty <laughs> Harry as such. But a lot of people will won't know who Dirty Harry is. But I would will... probably say that Dirty Harry is technically a Western, almost just in modern day setting, because he's yeah. still using a six shooter. He's yeah. still like grizzled and taking you, the law into have, his own hands. You'll have to say what a six shooter is because there's a lot of people that will be listening that don't know what oh. a six shooter is. Okay, so a six shooter is a revolver uh, with six chambers for six bullets that are loaded individually. Uh, depending on the type of revolver, it um, 
Uh, it's loaded in different ways. Usually, usually the most powerful was a forty-five. Forty-five Magnum. Yeah, forty-five Magnum. Which, those were one of the like. Those are like nineties guns, though. Like if you're going back, it's like uh, the Schofield revolver, the Peacemaker, things like that. Yeah, the Colts. They were, and the majority of them were made by Swift, Smith and Wesson. Smith and Wesson, yeah. Um, and a lot of people say it's Smith and Weston. It's not Smith. <laughs> Smith and, and Weston. No, they do though. Do you mind that people that say Smith and Weston? It's like no, Smith and Weston. W e double s o n Smith and Wesson, and they're yeah. like, well, that don't sound right. It's like, well, that's the name of the the, the company that made the guns. <laughs> you, you can't change that. But anyway, yeah. and it, and it's that it's that six <laughs> Smith and West. Oh, I know, right? I know, yeah. I know. The irony of that is, isn't lost on me. But um, but that leads into one of um, Dirty Harry's most famous quotes. Did I shoot yeah. six shots or five? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to take? Do you want to take a chance? Do you feel lucky, punk? It's um, it's a very clever line, and it actually uh, also um, it does call back to westerns because yes. uh, in the uh, sort of old western times, uh, there weren't any safety features on revolvers. No, they didn't so, have a safety clip. So what uh, what cowboys used to commonly do is load five bullets into their gun and have an empty chamber where the hammer rests, so yeah. that you don't get any misfires going into your horse or to your leg. Um, and to then have Clint Eastwood, who has obviously starred in a lot of westerns, uh, starring the movie Dirty Harry, which is a cop movie first and foremost, uh, and then he says, "Do I shoot? Si- and did I shoot six shots or five? Like technically, he I think he does shoot five shots and has one remaining. I think he has one left in the chamber. Yeah. But the idea is that like five shots or six shots, like still deadly like yeah because he because he, he gets does the it, job done yeah because he's standing above the guy who he's shot in the arm and he says mm. you know i'm holding a 45 this could blow your head off yeah you know you need to ask yourself this you know the question do i feel lucky well do you punk mm. it's not do you feel lucky it's you need to ask yourself do i and that's such a misconception there and i purposely said it because that's not you know it, that yeah. is the misconception is that he says you need to ask yourself do i feel lucky yeah, that is the actual line to ask yourself, right? Yes, yeah. as opposed to do you feel lucky? Yeah, because saying do you feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? It doesn't make sense, but when you add in the rest of the quote, mm. it makes absolute perfect sense. Yeah, and uh, you know, like you say, it it is a it's an iconic quote for for those who love films in general. Um, and Dirty Harry has has long been argued as being probably a criminal. Oh yeah, he's a total criminal. Whilst like, in a, whilst in a, you know, having a badge, um, but he does a lot of good. Yeah, just in a bad and shady way. Um, yeah, but yeah, going back to uh, westerns. To, a, to westerns <laughs> and, a, and and a fistful of dollars. Uh, I, I love the character name that he plays, which is the man with no name. Yeah, which is brilliant because that's just your most typical western thing ever. Yeah, mm, yeah, you're the man with no name. I mean, it's right up there with uh, it either end like the western ending badly, like where the hero do- isn't any better off. Yeah, like there are so many westerns that ends with like everyone dying or the main character dying a heroic death or yeah. something like that. Um, but yeah, the man with no name is. Uh, I think that's sort of a meme now, like just in terms of how because it was like it still is like pretty badass like just to say that oh i'm the man with no name yeah uh but like i think it's been parried parodied and like uh everyone sort of 
harkens back to that and takes the piss a little bit but it still was pretty cool at the time of it you know when you first hear it and when you first see it it's it's pretty cool yeah it is and and i think that's you know it it is your atypical western-esque thing and and talking about bad endings the amount of films especially westerns that you Mm. see that they start off really crappy and then they everything goes their way and then last 20 minutes it all goes tits up and then they either die or everybody else dies and they survive or and they very rarely get the girl oh yeah like very very rarely do they get the girl they either get a quick snog it's very this is this is the thing i think um like it's quite interesting to see uh the japanese samurai culture and the japanese movies about samurai culture uh, such as like the 47 Ronin, not the one with Keanu Reeves, but the one before that. Yeah. Uh, and like uh, Shogun Assassin and everything like that. When you look at them and compare the characters, uh, the basis of what they believe in, what they do, it's usually someone that's traveling from town to town, uh, dispenses justice, and then leaves. Yeah. And that is pretty much what a lot of Westerns have as well. They have someone going from town to town dispensing justice and then leaves uh they may not necessarily get the girl if they do it's probably a quick kiss and then on to the next town yeah yeah. uh and yeah it's just really weird to see both um both very different civilizations echoing the same sort of like uh heroic standpoints for their main characters it's very very interesting it is it it is and it, it it's it's very different Mm. very different which is great um do you know what you just talking just then reminds me of a couple of other westerns they don't they don't star clint eastwood and and we'll move on from clint because there uh, are other uh, there are there are other get to my favorite one yeah but but i've got i'm gonna throw these this out there desperado with antonio banderas banderas yep it's a western yeah sort of yeah very Um, modern gang western yeah but then you've also got maverick oh yeah hell yeah maverick which is a western that was like 1995 i think something like that um the same year as well uh more gambling than western but it was still set in the west still set in the west still had revolvers still had cowboys and indians and everything they actually did have proper indians yeah they had had indians um (laughs) one of the few movies to actually cast proper indians as indians um well sorry native Native Americans, americans yeah uh, then um, The Quick and the Dead, Russell oh, Crowe, Gene that, Hackman, Leonardo that, DiCaprio is in it as well. That is one of my favourite films ever. So Sam ever. Raimi, uh, one of his earlier stuff, along with um, uh, The Evil Dead, I think. Wasn't he the one that did yeah, The Evil did. Dead? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, The Quick and the Dead, I, I was hoping that you would bring this up and it wasn't going <laughs> to be me to bring it up, but it is one of the most marvellous films because it's so cheesy because it's so cheesy yeah. <laughs> but also because it's so edge of your seat yeah you know just like you know you've got uh gene hackman who is the the big bad bad man yeah who is the fastest gun in the west and you know he he basically rules this town with an iron fist basically and then he hosts like a quick draw competition <laughs> i know which is like yeah but any loser is dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, not necessarily because yeah, it depends they, where they shoot them. Yeah, because they could shoot them in, well, in the hand or the gun, or not the gun. Out of the hand. Yeah, I mean, which happens. 
But then you've got uh, you've got Russell Crowe, very very young looking Russell Crowe, as well. I might add. And who's the chick? Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, I'm gonna have to Google it. I want to say Nicole Kidman. I don't know, but now, I do know that Google it, the quick it the was dead. so Sam Raimi in terms 19... of all the uh, all the sort of comic book Sharon shots. Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone. Um, it even had Jigsaw himself in there as well. Mm. Tobin Bell. But yeah, so Sharon Stone played played Ellen. Uh, Gene Hackman, Herod. Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, which was the kid. Yeah. Who was also Gene Hackman's son. Illegitimate son. Yeah. Russell Crowe, Gary Sinise, Tobin Bell, uh, Pat Hingle, Keith David. Love Keith David. <laughs> Love Keith David. May you rest in peace. Um, uh, Lance Henriksen as well. Mm. But it... It is a a quintessential what? cowboy film because you've got. You do realize Keith David's still alive, right? I thought he was dead. No, no, he's still alive. Oh, that's all right then. Brilliant. <laughs> I, thinking, like, I had to quickly Google search Keith David. I was like, no, 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 no. I haven't, no, just, no. I haven't just confirmed that Keith David is dead. I'm really yeah. sorry, Keith. Really sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's 62 and still going. Good, good man. Um, so yeah, so you've got uh, Sharon Stone, who's a mysterious gunslinger who you know mm. rides into town. She's proper and. Do you know what? It's really great because she's pretty much the main character. And she's... Mm, I she's, mean, Russell Crowe is pretty uh, much the main... No, yeah, I would say more... But the, the, the story centres more around her. Yeah. I think. And and it's great because with all of this, all oh, women in lead movies, well, hello, 1995. Yeah. Come on, you know, stop being jumped up little pricks. But I want to talk to you about a uh, a Western that came out two years prior to that. 1993 Tombstone, oh. my absolute favourite western there is. Love Val Kilmer yes. and uh, Kurt Russell as Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp. Now, see, so now that good. is an amazing film. What's that? That's two and a bit hours long, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's super long, mm. like, but it's really good. I think Kevin Costner made a, another Wyatt Earp film like a year later, and it's obviously not as good. And no one remembers it, but no. uh, the original, the proper Tombstone, like it's so good and so quotable as well. With it like, is. I'm your Huckleberry. Like a lot of younger people will not know the um, the source from a lot of Overwatch's character called McCree. Uh, he has a lot of voice lines that are ripped off directly from Tombstone, yeah. including "I'm your Huckleberry" and like "Play for Blood" and stuff like that. It's, yeah, I mean, it is a massively quotable. Western film. Val um, Kilmer did such a good job as Doc Holliday. Oh man, he killed it, didn't he? Yeah, he literally. Absolutely killed it. He was amazing, absolutely amazing. And Kurt, I mean, I love Kurt Russell. I just just mm. talking about Kurt Russell. I watched the Christmas Chronicles <laughs> on Netflix. Just I'm just, just putting it out there. Brilliant. Okay, it was brilliant. I know it's completely off topic, but yeah, it was great, great film. Um, but yeah, no, Kurt Russell is uh, he it is a brilliant film. Tombstone. Mm. You know, we are chucking gold out there. For people to go and watch, oh, if you yeah. want to, if you right. want to watch some quality Western films, then these are absolute gold. Do it in historical order as well. Start with John Wayne, go to Clint Eastwood, then try some of the '90s films like Three. Um, I was about to say Three Ten to Yuma. That wasn't '90s. Uh, like Tombstone, Maverick, and uh, Quick and the Dead, because like it's all good. Yeah, all of it's good. And um, then, then yeah, like there's a massive gap. 
where like hero movies start to take hold i think around the 2000s era yeah i mean you you've got you've got you know the biggest modern western film in the world wild wild west obviously no with, that, that's with, not a western what do you mean it's not a western it's Ju- got western jump out of the window right now for <laughs> even mentioning you okay, know so i'm only joking i am only taking there is the only piss. one reason why i watched that movie and it's for um is it kenneth branagh kenneth branagh sir oh. Sir, Sir Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh. Branagh, and he hates. Well, he doesn't hate it, but he's gone on record to apologise for it. Yeah, because it is, there is so crap. There is no reason to apologise for his performance because it's so cheesy. Yep, yeah, as uh, as Doctor Loveless or yeah. Professor Loveless. Yeah, I mean, it, it's brilliant, but Loveless. It is set in the West. It's set in. It's set in the West. I Technically classed as a like, Western film. That way, you could classify anything that's shot in America to be a Western. Um, if it's in the Midwest, then and it's got an old old Western town, and but yeah, getting back on back on track, Russell Crowe came back about uh, twelve years later from Quick and the Dead to do Three Ten to Yuba. Let's move on. No. Yes, yeah, let's move on from Wild Wild West. Um, yeah, no, most of the modern, you know, when you talk about modern westerns now, you're you're talking about um, Magnificent Seven remake. Mm. Um, you've got Three Ten to Yuma, which is a brilliant film. Mm. Um, You've got again one that ends really badly for the yeah, main guys. It, yeah, which is good. It's nice to actually see mm. films like that. Um, you've got the remake of True Grit, which is still a fantastic film. Um, yep. No Country for Old Men. Yep, as well. Great, great film. Um, of course, um, not many people, not many people rate it highly. But Magnificent Seven, the remake, is it's good fun to watch. Maybe once or twice. Doesn't hold up to the old school ones no it's nowhere it, near as good yeah it's still it's still a good good watch like definitely definitely recommend watching it because it does try at least to capture some of the some of the essence of western yeah and you do really feel it at times like there are points where i'm like oh my god this is an actual western and then it's just a bit um hollywood yeah a bit hollywood that's perfect that's the perfect way of actually describing what what sort of went wrong with it yeah and that's and and that seems to be the problem with a lot of modern films in general but more so for westerns because westerns were very unintrusive they were very mm. natural films because that's what they are in the west it's basic i'll tell you another great western that i'm going to get to now because go on, i said like ages ago i had a trick western or like yeah, go on. one that was surprised logan Logan is an absolute western. Oh, no. Give your head a wobble. No, no. Let's think about this. It's an old man uh, trying to find uh, his way in the world yet again. Uh, it ends badly. Uh, all the shots are emphasizing like, the, the sort of dusty uh, plains of America run down uh, and things like that. And yeah, it's just, and he sacrifices himself at the end, and the music is all um, like Western orientated. It is, not it a, is Western. a Western. It's not. It a is Western. a Western. No, it's not. It isn't a Western. It is film. a w- classic Western, just hidden in uh, a superhero film. No, absolutely not. Okay, and the, we'll, the, we'll agree to disagree. I'm going to I'm going to ask the question on Twitter, and I'm going to ask the question to all of our fans uh, and all of our <sighs> listeners um, to just to tweet us when you get a minute and just say Logan. Yes, Western. No Western. Me, it's not. It's not a Western. It is a Western. Like, if you look at it, go. If you've got it on DVD, even if you look at it objectively, it's still not a Western. What What makes it such uh, an obvious candidate for not being a Western? Then, give me your argument. 
He's a superhero, for Christ's sake. That in it's, it's barely a superhero that, film. That in itself. It's it doesn't matter barely. if it's barely a superhero film. It's, it's the themes that are more important to it being a Western than the actual setting itself. But a Western film is defined as being set in the West. That way you could say, oh, the, the Wild Wild West is a science fiction movie. It's not could... really science fiction. Well, it is, sort yeah. of. But... <laughs> oh, sorry, a giant uh, <laughs> mechanical spider. Yeah, that's totally not science fiction. No, that's totally real. What are you talking about? They had them in the West, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So there are there are ways. Yeah, you but can at least have... that was set in the West, and it had a Western feel. It had it had the gunslingers. It had the the cheap bars, the cheap booze, the cheap women ish. It had it had all of the aspects that you would find in your atypical Western film. I believe that there is a way. You, uh, there is more than just the aesthetics of a Western uh, Western to actually make it a Western movie, and I think uh, a lot of the themes carried by Logan. Uh, use the themes from westerns and it's such to that point it even uses like uh johnny cash music in it and that, that just instant, to... that instantly makes it a western johnny cash yes western. no i'm not saying that anything <laughs> that has johnny cash music in it is a western but it certainly uh it carries that feeling over and the strong uh aspects i keep using like like really exaggerated words as and like aspects and aesthetics and things but no like it They've carries all arse in them yeah uh yeah anyway i'm just saying like to me logan when i watched it in the cinema i got more vibes that i was watching a western than i did i was watching an x-men movie I, that's for damn uh, sure i have to i have to disagree and I have to, and it's very rare that we disagree on things. Oh no, no, that we disagree on things all the time. We don't just air it publicly. No, we don't air it publicly. We do it Green on. Lantern like that. I'm just going to keep saying that word. <laughs> How it, dare you judge me for a view on a movie when you love Green Lantern? Look, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. I'm happy to sit there, but I'm not pretending that Green Lantern is a western. No, you're pretending it's a good movie. I can class Green. I can say Green Lantern's a Western. He's got the similar sort of no, aspects of a no, Western in no, it. No, it doesn't. Let's go down that Not route then. Yeah, we has... can pick apart Green Lantern for all <laughs> f- people it to has listen as- to. It has aspects of a Western no, on it. No, it doesn't. It does. It has zero. No, it doesn't. It has loads. You know, it it's doesn't... not shot in um, like a desert. It's not got any sort of relative... I'm sorry, I, I didn't realise that there was a forest in the West. Yeah, there are. There are plenty of forests in the it, West. There will... Yeah, but no westerns are actually shot in the forest. Yeah, yeah, you do. Like Godless, there's a whole uh, scene in. If we're going in TV westerns, which I think TV series can do it. Look at you trying to save yourself. No, I'm <laughs> saying that if you play like Red Dead Redemption, there's more than just the desert. There's the swamps. There's the forest. There's the snowy mountains. Uh, Hateful Eight has uh, completely been starred in snow. We've We've already (laughs) already said that the Hateful Eight is a shit film. It's a shit film, but it's still a Western. Well, I'll tell you what is a shit film. The Ridiculous Six. Yeah. That is is a shit film. We can agree on that. Because that is a shit film. Although, to be fair, I still laughed at points when I watched that film. It is quite funny. I mean, you've got... Um, Taylor Lautner. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's the only reason I laugh in that movie. It's the the hanging scene where he's got that super strong neck and just keeps yeah, swinging. He just keeps swinging. <sighs> oh, Adam Sandler. Yeah. Where did all... it all go wrong? 
Well, if you listen back to a podcast I did on Adam Sandler, you'll find out exactly oh, right. where it went wrong. Yes, You're plugging yourself. <laughs> yeah, Gross. Well, well, yeah. <laughs> well, not literally plugging myself. I don't know what you're talking about. You should but, plug that mouth when you're talking about Logan. That's for damn sure. I hated Logan anyway. I thought it was a dire film, but I thought it was depressing, and that's one of the aspects I thought was like, yeah, it this wasn't is a depressing. Western. It was boring as sin. I just, I, mm. I did not enjoy it at all, in the slightest, and. I just thought it was a really bum note to take the character out on. If you like, I didn't like the cinematography is great. Uh, I think the soundtrack was, you know, reasonably well. Like you had the orchestral and the Johnny Cash in the trailer. Um, I don't know why we're going into Logan so much, but yeah, I, I, I didn't think it was an awful movie. I thought it was definitely better than a lot of the Wolverine movies before it. However, I did think it was such a somber and depressing note for. Um, Hugh Jackman and uh, Patrick Stewart to exit the series on. Yeah. Um, but back to westerns. Back to westerns. Apparently, Django Unchained is a western. Yeah, I can see that. Apparently so. I, I mean, I love Django anyway. I think it's a great film. Yeah. I think it's probably... Made by your hated enemy, but... I know it's made by Tarantino, but... He's even in it. You what? He's even in it. I know. I know. He's in Australian. All... He is, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently it's it's classed as a western, and it's uh, it's quintessential Quentin Tarantino. No, I wouldn't say it's quintessential Tarantino at all. I'd say it's uh, it's actually um, an homage to classic Quentin as opposed to quintessential. I'd argue that it's possibly one of his least Quentin Tarantino movies. Yeah, yeah, I would argue it was one of the least. Quentin and Tarantino films. That, like, I I see it as the complete opposite end of the scales. You've got Quentin Tarantino in the middle, holding up Hateful Eight in one hand and Django Unchained in the other. Yeah. And one's a great western. I cannot watch Django Unchained enough. Love, love it. And especially Whereas Hateful Eight, I'm good at watching it once, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not one that I would probably watch that much anyway um but you know we haven't touched on the assassination of jesse james oh, that Brad was a Pitt. that was a good film that was a really really good film i kept seeing that around but i never got around to watching it it's a really good film uh mm. i think brad pitt is actually pretty decent in it he actually does a decent job a half decent job he's he, he's very very convincing but again it's still a bit hollywood Brad Pitt is one of those actors that I think a lot of people dismiss as a like as just a pretty boy. But yeah. I think he's actually very talented in terms of you know acting. I don't think he'd have gotten to where he's gotten to without some serious skill and every time I do watch a Brad Pitt movie I I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by his uh his skill at portraying uh different people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean he is he is a skilled actor. And but... he's reminding me as well uh, and I just want to run this by you. The the older Brad Pitt that we now have that's acting and stuff, does he not remind you of Robert Redford? Yes, he really he does. He scarily looks like him, uh, like when you compare their faces. Yeah. And, yeah, I was just freaked out by that the other day. I was like, who does he remind me of? Oh, Robert Redford. Yeah, 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 because he, he does remind me of Robert Redford as well, um, He's who is also an, an amazing actor as well, mm. much more mature. Um but yeah, no, you're not wrong there. Yeah. 
absolutely. Um, Dances with Wolves. Oh, God. Yeah, Kevin Costner. Uh, another <laughs> Western film, um, you know, it, set during the Civil War. Here's a film I would like to see. Um, you've seen Last Samurai. I with, have seen Last Samurai. I would really like to see the prequel to that with Tom Cruise's character in the West. Yeah. Because it's alluded to that yes. he went through, like, um, some really dark stuff uh, whilst he was serving with, uh, like, in the cavalry. I would, yeah. And which which would have put it in the Civil War, yeah, ish, I would imagine in the American Civil War. Yeah, so I'd have liked to have seen that because the small aspect that we see of the Western uh, bit of that movie was really uh, interesting, and it was just a shame we didn't get a little bit more time there to establish his character rather than shipping him straight off to Japan. But again, the movie's called Last Samurai, so yeah. Um, Here's one for you in the last couple of minutes. Go for it. Rango. No, get out. I saw that once. I, I know, right? Uh, apparently that is classed uh, as a Western, because even though he's a neurotic comedian. Apparently that's a Western. It's uh, such a bad movie. It's such a horrible, horrible movie. Horrible movie. Didn't like that. Was Bill Nye the Rattlesnake? He was. I thought he was. Rattlesnake yeah. Jake. Rattlesnake Jake. Yeah, he was. It's See, when you compare... Which is ironic because he played um, Davy Jones opposite yeah. Johnny. Yeah, Depp. he did. So that's yeah. That's more irony. Um, what else have we got? Oh, there's <laughs> um, Tom Toe. Another oh. western with Johnny Depp again. No, was what was it called? It wasn't Lone Tom Ranger. Toe, Lone Ranger. Oh, yeah, that Lone movie Ranger. bombed so hard. Oh, so hard, so hard. That was so. Terrible. I remember watching it, and honestly, I don't feel this much, but once I finished it, I was like, oh, there's an, a couple of hours I won't get back. Like, seriously, made me want to just walk out, while, but it was like my home, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, a lot of the modern Westerns now are very... Yeah, I won't even say they're hit and miss, they're just miss. Mm. I think Hollywood are missing are missing a trick at the moment, especially with Westerns, because they think that by chucking Hollywood at it is going to make it good. They think bigger is better and that explosions will make movies sell. And, like, Westerns aren't really about ex explosions. They're about, like, personal one-on-one -on -one situations. Yeah. You know, having people standing in the street, like in Back to the Future 3, yeah. you know, you know when he's, he's facing off against Mad Dog. Hmm. That... It, that is a quintessential western it's building up to that moment as well it's yeah it's the long wait of going oh my i'm probably gonna die in this duel like a million ways to die in the west yeah i would actually argue that apart from the silliness it hits very close to being an actually decent western yeah if you take the silliness out absolutely yeah. um i mean it's, it's still pretty funny it's, it, yeah i mean it's a funny film it's it's dog shit but yeah it, it's yeah but arguably it's a western and it's just it's a shame that that Hollywood just seemed to be and alienating those that that love the old classics of westerns and yeah. you know and and brings about i don't know the hollywood esque type it's like they did it with kingsman mm. i know i know we're going off topic again and we always do yeah but, but no you're exactly right they they did hollywood if i kingsman from the first one to and the second and it made it Terrible, and we even spoke about it, didn't we, on, on on one of our previous podcasts? How it was so disappointing because the first one was so brilliant, 
that then Hollywood got its hands on it and it's just going to make it even worse, especially with the next one coming out. It just... It, it, Hollywood getting their grubby mitts on anything, unless it's action or sci-fi or superhero, is a bad, bad idea. I have a question for you as well. Okay. Mad Max. Arguably a Western, sci-fi, but still arguably a Western. Because I know it's sort of post-apocalyptic, but... You could it's still got argue. that same sort of feel. Like I could easily take Mel Gibson or Tom Hardy out of that role and put Clint Eastwood in there. Could you even imagine Clint Eastwood as Mad Max? Probably a, young, be a younger Clint Eastwood. Scott Eastwood's available. Well, do you know what? He's very much like his dad, isn't he, Scott Eastwood? They look scarily similar if you put their ages. They like, do. Yeah, the, yeah. The same age photograph of. Clint oh yeah, he's without doubt. I mean, yeah, he scarily looks like his dad. I, I bet you Scott Eastwood will never, ever, ever do a Western, though, because no. he'd just be straight compared to his dad. Yeah, but then what? how much of a ballsy move would that be? To try and out-Western your dad? Yeah. Oof. I mean, come on. I know <laughs> your Clint, dad's Clint Eastwood. Yeah, but Oof. why not? But but why not? Why not say, well, look, I'm not my dad. I'm my own man. Make an ode to it. Like, yeah. Make, make it. They, they could do an ode to the good, the bad, and the ugly, and a fistful of dollars. Arguably, his two most famous Western films. A fistful of ugly. <laughs> a fistful of the bad, or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. But no, I, I think having having Scott Eastwood <laughs> in in Mad Max, as opposed to Tom Hardy, who you it, hate. <laughs> I don't hate Tom Hardy. I feel like Tom Hardy is very overexposed. Like. You know a song that's played on the radio too much yeah. where it was a good song and then you just hear it on repeat for far too much yep. and then you hate it. Yep. I feel like that's kind of what Tom Hardy is to yeah, me. Yeah, he seems to be everywhere. It's funny how you go through go through the motions with different uh, different actors where they seem to be everywhere mm. in every single film. We had it with Ryan Gosling. Um, yep. We had it with Jake Gyllenhaal at one point yeah, we as did. well. Yeah. Um, we've had it with Brad Pitt. We've had it with... Uh, Morgan Freeman, we've had it with mm. Jason Statham, um, and now it's kind of Tom Hardy. Oh, like, and The Rock. And Ooh. The Rock. Yeah, but the, yeah, but that's the Rock's a, still going. <laughs> yeah, but that's a constant thing, isn't it, with The Rock? The Rock is as constant as a rock. I mean, the guy is bring, still bringing out films. He's got like 15 films still to come out in the next three years. I want, when The Rock finally reaches an age where he's no longer going to be doing these physical roles... I'd like for him to turn around and just apologise for all the misses that he did. <laughs> yeah. Like Rampage. I'd like, to see, I'd like to see The Rock in a Western. Rampage and Skyscraper. What, you mean the Samoan <laughs> giant yes. in like a teeny-weeny cowboy hat? Yeah, man. Like, I don't even know if they make him that big. Mate, someone needs to do that. And he just needs like a, instead of um, uh, a revolver, maybe like a... A Barrett fifty cal on his hip, yeah, because he could probably lift it with one hand, and that would be good. That would be good. <laughs> um, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. We hope you've learned a few bits about westerns, and we hope you've given uh, we've given you some some excellent films to to have a listen to, yeah, and have a watch because there are some cracking westerns out there that you really should invest a little bit of time in, especially the classics because there are some amazing old films. And it may even uh, open your eyes to a different genre of films that you might not uh, might not realise that you like. Yeah. So um, so yeah, and uh, and on that basis, uh, we're going to say good night, and uh, we're going to leave you with a quote from from the Duke himself. Have a good one. We'll see you next week. I'm going to tell you something, Flacca, and I want you to listen tight. It may sound like I'm talking about me, 
But I'm not. I'm talking about you. As a matter of fact, I'm talking about all people everywhere. When I come down here to Texas, I was looking for something. I didn't know what. But it seems like you had up my life and I'd spend it all either stomping other men or, in some cases, getting stomped. Had me some money and had me some medals. But none of it seemed a lifetime worth the pain of the mother that bore me. It was like I was empty. Well, I'm not empty anymore. That's what's important. To feel useful in this old world. To hit a lick against what's wrong or to say a word for what's right, even though you get walloped for saying that word. Now, I may sound like a Bible beater yelling up a revival at a river crossing camp meeting, but that don't change the truth none. There's right and there's wrong. You gotta do one or the other. You do the one and you're living. Do the other, and you may be walking around, but you're dead as a beaver hat. From the four winds we have come, Katie Elder. Four brothers on the run, Katie Elder. All your little ones have grown, and we've reaped. What we have sown, yes, we've reaped what we have sown, Katie Elder. Oh, the wind blows like the devil when it blows, and the boy grows up and like the wind he goes. So mothers teach your son to not live by a gun and to not live like the sons of Katie Elder, and to not live like the sons of Katie Elder. Think you'd understand, Katie Elder That a man is just a man, Katie Elder They're bound to cut him down If he doesn't stand his ground But they haven't cut us down yet, Katie Elder Oh, the wind blows like the devil when it blows And the boy grows up and like the wind he goes so mothers teach your sons to not live by a gun And to not live like the sons of Katie Elder And to not live like the sons of Katie Elder We'll try to make it right, Katie Elder No more hiding in the night, Katie Elder I bow it on your grave by all the things we never gave And mistakes that we all made, Katie Elder Oh, the wind blows like the devil when it blows And the boy grows up and like the wind he goes So mothers teach your son to not live by a gun And to not live like the sons of Katie Elder and to not live like the sons of Katie Elder And to not live like the sons of Katie Elder And to not live like the sons of